a giggle. Praise the Lord. That was a laugh. That's one of those nasal laughs. <laughs> Praise God. Amen. So, as you know, we started this new sermon series entitled Messy. And uh, we kind of jumped off on Sunday, but I want to jump and dive in real deep on tonight. Amen. If you're ready for the word of the Lord, say amen. amen. Hallelujah. Hear this. The mess you created wasn't meant for you to remain in. I'll let that sit for a second. The mess you created, you weren't meant to remain in. If you made the mess, don't stay in the mess. Don't linger in the mess. There's a difference between sheep and pigs. Pigs like mud. Sheep don't like mud. A pig likes to waddle in the mud, likes to play in the mud, likes to remain in the mud. But when a sheep falls in the mud, a sheep cries to come out. So the mess you have made of your life, God never intended for you to remain in the mess. He wants to pull you out the mess. Hallelujah. And if you find yourself being messy, God wants to clean you up. Hallelujah. Where are the parents at? You remember when you had children and that baby was born, they would always make a mess of themselves. Yeah, and it, yeah it's cute when they get in a lot of mess until you have to clean it up. <laughs> I remember one morning we woke up and Mason was in his playpen, or shall I say he was in his crib, but he was playing in his crib. And we made the parental mistake of leaving the baby powder on the changing table. And before we knew it, it was a cloud of smoke, a puff of, I mean, it was like a fog in the bedroom. He had taken the baby power and he shook it and shook it and shook it until he couldn't shake it no more. I got a picture of it. I wish I could show it to you. And he's just covered in, in powder all over the place. It wasn't funny in the moment because he was like, Lord, we got to clean all this up. But after the fact, we got to laugh at it. It was pretty interesting, but the mess you make, God doesn't desire for you to remain in it. And as babies, we always cry to be cleaned up, or we should cry to be cleansed. Can you say amen? amen. So we're going to get into uh, this on tonight, and I pray again uh, that the word of the Lord blesses you. Uh, if you would, grab your Bibles. Hallelujah. And. Stand to your feet as we go to the word of the Lord. Hallelujah. I know you've been working all day. Did you just <laughs> flutter your lips at me? <laughs> Glory to God in heaven. <laughs> the gospel Mark chapter number two, verse number 17, as well as grab the book of Jeremiah chapter number 17, verse number 10. Hallelujah. When you have it, say, I have it. If you're still looking, say, I'm looking. Jeremiah chapter number 17, verse number 10, as well as the gospel of Mark chapter number 2, verse number 16. We'll begin in Jeremiah chapter number 17. Hold your finger there and get, grab Mark as well. Jeremiah 17. Amen. Y'all just having a whole conversation, huh? She's talking to herself. She's talking to herself? Amen. I talk to myself. Ain't no one to talk to. Amen. Let's make our faith declaration and give our self-talkers a time to have a conversation to a conclusion. Amen. Today I'll be taught the word of God. My spirit is ready. And my mind is sharp. I believe the word. The word is truth. It is without error. I believe what the word says. I can have what it says I can have. I can do what it says I can do. I can be what it says I can be. I believe what the word says about me. I am redeemed. 
I am the righteous of God in Christ Jesus. Say that to yourself again. I am the righteous of God in Christ Jesus. I am healed. No sickness nor disease shall come near my home. I'm more than a conqueror. I am rich. Wealth and riches shall be in my house. Talk to your neighbor. Say, wealth and riches shall be in your house. Find another neighbor. Say, wealth and riches shall be in your house. Shout, I'm blessed to be a blessing. My house is blessed. My children are blessed. My marriage is blessed. My church is blessed. I shout, I'm blessed. Now say amen. Amen. Jeremiah chapter number 17, verse number 9. The heart is deceitful above all things and desperately wicked. Who can know it? The heart is deceitful above all things and desperately wicked. Question mark, who can know it? Who knows your heart better than God? Uh, I'm reminded of the account of David about to get anointed. And as the prophet Samuel comes to Jesse's house to anoint the next king, Samuel looks at the outer. And what he perceives to be God's chosen or God's chosen one or God's choice based upon the exterior. God says, you look on the exterior, but I look on the interior. You, you look on the outside, but I see the inside. You see them all made up, dressed up, and looking good, fine, brick house, 36, 24, my, my, my. But what about their hearts? Oh, oh, he handsome. He looks good. But what about his heart? They saying all the right stuff. But what about their hearts? They got a nice bank account. Credit score perfect. But what about their hearts? The heart is deceitful above all things and desperately wicked. It desires to be wicked. It is desperate for wickedness. Our hearts are desperate for wickedness. That's why God says he's looking for a broken and a contrite heart. Why? Because God wants to break the wickedness out of your heart. That's why the psalmist said, God, give me a, a new heart. Renew my spirit. Give me a new heart. I don't want this wicked heart that I have no longer. But who can know it? I, the Lord, searched the heart. I tried the reins even to, to give every man according to his ways. He tries the reins to make sure that he's the one guiding and leading and tugging. He tries the reins of your heart to make sure you don't have another God trying to dictate which way your heart goes. <laughs> Try the reins to make sure that I'm in control of your life, says the Lord. According to his ways and according to the fruit of his doings. Where's the fruit of your heart? You can say it with your lips, but your heart will eventually tell on you. Your heart will eventually rat you out. Run to Mark chapter number two, verse number 16. When the teachers of the law, who were the Pharisees, saw him eating with the sinners and the tax collectors, they asked the disciples, why does he eat with the tax collectors and the sinners, the messy folk? <laughs> why he's sitting down with these messy people? On hearing this, Jesus said to them, it is not the healthy who need a doctor, but the sick. It is not those who are cleansed and look pretty on the outside, but it's the messy folk. Tell you, baby, you're so messy. 
but the sick, I have come, I have not come to call the righteous, but the messy. Somebody shout, I'm messy. Father, now in the name of Jesus, we thank you, God, that you're a God who recycles trash. You clean up the mess that we have made. And at the end of it all, God, you get the glory for the treasures that we are in you. It's in Jesus' mighty name we do pray. Somebody shout amen. amen. You may be seated and on way to your seat, tell your neighbor, you so messy. Hallelujah. I want to take my time on tonight because I really want to make sure we drill this down in your spirit. Uh, because when we say messy, of course, I'm, I want to add a little humor to it. But truth of the matter is we're all messy. Hallelujah. All of us are messy. Guess what? You were born messy. I was posed the question about how people are born. Can they be born wicked and evil? And, and catch this. I hope you hear it with your spirit and not your ears. But we were all born with tendencies. In your flesh is no good thing, Paul said to us on Sunday. So we all have a tendency to be a liar, a thief, a whoremonger, adulterer. We have those tendencies that are innate in our flesh. But what you feed will grow. What you entertain will become the dominance in your life. So we all have that tendency within us to even murder and kill. It's, it's, in, it's in us all. It's in our flesh. Because we're in a fallen, wicked world. In our flesh, there is no good thing. We're all messy and have the tendencies to be a mess. That's who we are. That's why Jesus told Nicodemus, be born again, because what you were born in is wicked and evil. So be born again. So now that you can be the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. In other words, to put those tendencies in containment, to tame your flesh. Hallelujah. Tell your neighbor, you're messy. So every massive mess requires a massive God. That's what I want to talk to you about tonight, that every massive mess requires a massive God. In, the Luke, in Luke chapter number four, verse number 16, it says, he, speaking of Jesus, went to Nazareth. And when he had been brought up on the Sabbath day, he went into the synagogue as was his custom. Catch it. He stood up to read. And the scroll of the prophet Isaiah was handed to him. Unrolling it, he found the place where it is written, The Spirit of the Lord is on me because he has anointed me to proclaim the good news to the poor. He has sent me to proclaim freedom. Somebody shout, I'm free. Uh, he was sent to proclaim freedom for the prisoners and recover the sight for the blind and to set the oppressed free. Somebody shout free me. And to proclaim the year of the Lord's favor. Then he rolled up the scroll, gave it back to the attendant and sat down. Now it was a custom of the religious rulers when they came into the synagogue. It was their custom to stand and read the scriptures. But when they began to teach the scriptures, they sat down. To read it, they stood up. But to teach it, they sat down. So Jesus stood up to read. But then he wanted to teach them something. So he sat down. He began by saying to them, today this scripture is fulfilled in your hearing. He is teaching them what was said in the book of the prophet Isaiah. Today, I'm going to teach you what you heard Isaiah said. Today is manifesting. He said, I got to teach you something because you heard about it, but now you need to be taught about it. 
You've been hearing this, but you hadn't been taught this. So he sat down to teach them what the text was saying. Hear this. Jesus will stand in your mess, but when he sits down, it's all cleaned up. Good God Almighty. Oh, that's good stuff right there. He'll stand in your mess, but the moment he sits down, it'll all be cleaned up. See, we even made a mess of the gospel. We, we done muddy it up. We done messed it up. We done taught it all kind of ways and flipped it and gave it all kind of titles and names. Prosperity gospel, the, the, the word of uh, faith gospel. We done, we done messed it up. Tell your neighbor it's all messed up. Yeah, we done made a mess of the message of the kingdom of God. Then we divided and chopped it up and separated and uh, segregated it and, you know, Baptist and Episcopalian and Methodist and Presbyterian. We done messed it up. Somebody shout the church is messy. You know, the church is some of the messiest folk that you'll meet. <laughs> hey, man, if you're sitting next to a messy person, just look straight ahead. Yeah, the church is some messy folk. And then they'll put a scripture on it. That's what makes it even more messy. They'll try to justify it with some scripture or, or with prayer. We need to pray about so-and-so. <laughs> you know they're an adulterous affair. Let's pray. N- no, you're gossiping. Hello. We messy. Tell your neighbor we messy. Oh, but when Jesus stands in your mess, he's looking to clean it up. Goes on in verse 22, it says, all spoke well of him and were amazed at the gracious words that came from his lips. Isn't this Joseph's son? They asked. Messy folk. Why are they trying to identify who he is? And I just accept what he said. Y'all missed that. They trying to reduce the messenger. To a mere person of Joseph's son. But they missed the brevity and the weight of what he had just said was that today these scriptures are now being fulfilled in your ears. What you heard about who was to come is now here and what was said about him coming is now made manifest. But they tried to skip past what he said and try to focus on who he is. That's just Joseph's son. That's just Nicolette. Don't mind what she said. Don't pay no attention that it's a word from the Lord that's being spoken to her. Don't mind. That's that's just, you know, we shot marbles growing up. That's just Nick. I mean, you know, he, he just, that's Nick. He talked to himself sometimes. Even though God is talking to him, he he talking to himself. We're going to bypass the fact that he has a relationship with God. And maybe it's God speaking to him. Y'all quiet. You know, people want to define what you are and bypass who you are. They, they, they want to tell you, oh, I remember you. You was an alcoholic, a liar, and a thief. That's what I was. But who I am is the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. Don't, don't, don't tell me what I used to be. Just tell me who I am in God. Don't, don't, don't tell me what I used to do. Tell me what God is doing in my life right now. I, I know I made a mess of my life. And I've I done some stuff that... I'm not too proud to tell you right now, but one thing I did do was I gave my life over to the one. Uh, One thing I can tell you that I did do that was right was I turned my life over to him. Hallelujah. And he turned my mess into a masterpiece. Yeah, what you see before you look cleaned up, but really behind the veil is some messy stuff. Some stuff that has been covered up by the blood. Anybody has a record that has been cleared? Oh, come on now. My, my convicts should be shouting right now. And I'm not talking about a physical prison. I'm talking about those who were locked up in sin. 
I'm talking about those who were handcuffed and tied up and tangled up in sin, but a convict, convicted of your unrighteousness, but set free by the blood of the Lamb, washed and cleansed by the blood. Yeah, I was a convict in sin, but now I am a convert in Christ. Hallelujah. Just messy. Just messy. But he loves my mess. You may not like me, but he loves me. Hallelujah. And they were amazed at the gracious words that came from his lips. Isn't this Joseph's son? They asked. Jesus said to them, surely you will quote this proverb to me. Physician, heal yourself. And you will tell them, do here in your hometown what we have heard that you did in Capernaum. Truly, I tell you, he continued, no prophet is accepted in his hometown. I assure you that there were many widows in Israel in Elijah's time, but the sky was shut up for three years and a half, and there was a severe famine throughout the land, yet Elijah was not sent to any of them, but to the widow in Zarephath in the region of Sudan. And there were many in Israel with leprosy in the time of Elisha, the prophet. Yet not one of them was cleansed, only naming the Syrian. Serene. All the people in the synagogue were furious when they heard this. They got up. They drove him out of the town. They took him to the brawl of the hill on which the town was built in order to throw him off the cliff. Oh, God. Messy folk. You know, there'll be people who won't like what you have to say, so they're going to try to put you out. They're going to try to cast you off the cliff, defame your name, just because they don't like what you have to say. Can I tell you something? Messy people crave attention. Hallelujah. I'm going to say that again. Messy people really crave attention. That's why they're messy, because they really want eyes fixed on them. That's why they're going to put your name in their mouths so that they can get the people's attention focused on them. Really, it ain't about you. (laughs) It's really not about you. It's them trying to feed their crave and their desire to be seen and to be heard. Messy people crave attention. Messy people desire to fit in. You know, they just want to fit in. They'll bring a a bone to the masses so they can fit in with the masses. They just want to be a part of the conversation, so they, they bring messy conversations just to be a part of it. Sometimes it's not even true stuff. They just want to, you know, have a story so that they can fit in with the conversation. Hallelujah. Messy folk. You know people like that. And such were some of us at one point or another. Trying to fit in. So we conjure up stories. We make a mess of things just so we can fit in. Some of our testimonies are messy. Not in the sense of what we've done, but in what we created to make it sound like what we've done. You ain't as bad as you say you are. You done add lib to your testimony. To, to make it seem that you're so deprived of, of things, to make it seem like you really was saved by grace in a glorious way, but really you were just a, two, a goody two-shoes. Hallelujah. Amen. A messy testimony. Tell your neighbor, fix it. Messy people desire to fit in. Guess what, y'all? Messy people are jealous people. Messy people are jealous. Really, the truth of the matter is in their hearts, they want what you have. So in order to get what you have, they have to defame you. They have to reduce you so that they can be lifted. They got to pull your name down so they can lift their name up. Messy folk. 
or jealous people. And, and messy folk are bitter in their hearts. They're mad because why them, not me? Just bitter in their hearts. Messy folk. And we got to be careful, though, because, you know, we can find ourselves bitter in heart. Because we, we, we're, we're bitter in heart because we've been here doing the part, but we didn't get chosen for the part. You've been doing the work and you've been doing everything and you've been overlooked and you get bitter. So we start planting seeds. Because we're messy. I don't know why such and such is over it. You much better than that. Hallelujah. And see, watch. It's it's a seed of discord and dissension. Confusion. Because now if I can get the one who's in position and the one who is doing the work of the position to be at odds with one another, they cancel one another out and I can... Quiet. Y'all remember Absalom, David's son? Absalom went to the gate of judgment. It's the place where judgment was taking place. He went to the gate and began to judge the people. Say, oh, you don't need to bother the king. I'm going to take care of that. You know, the messy people around David, they begin to sing David's praise in Saul's ears. Messy folk. I'm talking about messy folk. David, Saul killed his thousands. David killed his messy folk. <laughs> now, why y'all singing the praises of this man? You got a king up there and just being messy. We got to be careful of the seeds of dissension and discord that we'll sow. If not, we become bitter in heart. So, Gospel of John tells us how Jesus begins to clean up our mess. John chapter number eight, verse number one. Jesus went unto the Mount of Olives and early in the morning he came again unto the temple. Now watch the transition. Jesus goes up to the Mount of Olives. Then it says early in the morning signifies that Jesus had been up in the Mount of Olives all night long. And early in the morning, he comes down and goes into the temple. So watch, he would go up in the mountains to pray, but he'll come down to teach. He he, he will go up to be with God, to get away from the messy folk. So he can pray, so he can have enough strength to deal with the messy folk. Hallelujah. He had to steal away to get away from y'all. Or shall I say us? Let me let me clue myself. Hallelujah. I felt like beating myself like the sinner. I'm being messy. But 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 he had to spend time with the father. Because he knew the heavy load he was going to have to tend with in dealing with messy folk. And that morning he came again in the temple and all the people came unto him. And he sat down and taught them. What did he do? Sat down. He said, I'm about to clean some stuff up. I just heard in my spirit, clean up woman. I don't know where that just popped up in. Clean up woman. Hallelujah. He sat down and he, Amen. And the scribes and the Pharisees brought unto him a woman taken in adultery. And when they had set her in the midst, they said unto him, Master, this woman was taken in adultery in the very act. Now, here it is. They're coming to Jesus in the midst of him teaching to clean some things up. And they're coming into the teaching with wrong motives. Coming in messy. Now, instead of bringing this woman to Jesus so she can hear the message, they're coming bringing mess. Instead of 
bringing the woman so she can have the grace of God bestowed upon her, they're bringing her to a grave. Because when a woman is caught in adultery, the penalty is death. Now, we know it's messy because Levitical law and the law that was given in Exodus says that if a man sleeps with another man's wife, then the man and the woman should be stoned. Levitical law says that if a virgin woman who is to be betrothed to a man, if a man finds her and he sleeps or lays with her, then the man and the woman are to be stoned. So we know mess is happening because the Levitical law says everybody got to die. But they only bring the woman. Somebody shout, that's messy. Now they come in in the middle of the message, but they come in with a messy motive. So they bring the woman and set the woman right in the midst of the teaching. And they pose this question to Jesus. Now Moses in the law commanded as us that such should be stoned. But what sayest thou? This they said, tempting him. In other words, this them being messy. That they may have, that they might have to accuse him. But Jesus stooped down. <laughs> I told you he'll stand up in your mess. But when he sat down, about to be cleaned up. He stooped down and with his finger he wrote on the ground. And as though he heard them not. So when they continued, they continued provoking and probing him, asking him a question. What are we going to do about this? What, what, what are we going to do about this situation? This woman was caught, watch, in the very act. How was she caught in the very act? You know, when you do the do, you normally do the do in private. We're all adults here, right? And this wasn't no public spectation. It was in private. So how did they know when, where, and with who? Somebody shout, that's messy. She was caught in the very act of doing it. So if she was caught in the very act of doing it, then he, they should have actually took everybody who was doing it. Caught in the very act. But yet, these messy folk. And watch, church folk. Religious rulers. Pharisees and Sadducees. You see, they're sad, you see. So when they continued asking him, he lifted up himself. And he said unto them, he that is without sin among you, let him first cast a stone at her. That's how Jesus deals with messy folk. That's how he deals with messy folk. And again, he stooped down. Something, something about getting down. And he stooped again. Because he's cleaning some stuff up. He, he's about to clean some things up. So he stoops down again. Watch. He stoops in her mess. Because what, what they did was they actually threw him, her, to his feet. So he's stooping down in her mess to clean up her mess. Come on, come on. That's good. And again, he stooped down and he wrote on the ground. And they which heard it, be, being convicted by their own conscience, went out one by one, beginning at the eldest, even unto the last. Now, many theologians believe that Jesus when he stooped down, wrote upon the ground, he wrote down the law and the commandments on the ground. And some theologians believe that he wrote their names down on the ground. Other theologians believe that he wrote their sins and what they had committed in their life on the ground. Whatever he wrote pierced their hearts. Let's just say that. Well, whatever was written was enough to shut them up. 
Whatever it was, whether it was their sins that they had committed all of their lives, whether it was their names written down for the sins that they have committed, whatever it was, somebody shout whatever it was. It it was enough to clean up their messy mouths, to shut their messy mouths. And then they begin to leave one by one, beginning at the eldest, even unto the last. And Jesus was left alone and the woman standing in the midst. Ah, y'all missed that. Jesus left alone. And the woman. When Jesus stood down, he cleaned up her mess of where she can stand up. (laughs) He stooped down in her mess, but by the time he finished cleaning it up, she was able to stand up. What am I saying to you tonight? You got some mess that you done made. That Jesus will stand and stoop in your mess. And by the time he finished cleaning up your mess, you'll be able to stand. See, what Satan has done is he has posed so much mess in your life that you begin to feel so humiliated by your mess. So you bury your head, you sit down, you lay down, you waddle in your mess, and you just stay in your mess. You feel condemned by your mess. But by the time Jesus deals with it, you'll be able to stand. But watch, you're not standing on your own. You're standing in the strength of God. Because no longer are you messy. You're now redeemed. You're now the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. So the woman was able to stand. And when Jesus had lifted himself up, he saw no one but the woman and said unto her, Woman, where are those thine accusers? Have not one condemned thee? No man condemned thee? She said, no. She said, no man, Lord. And Jesus said unto her, neither do I condemn thee. Go and sin no more. I got a question for you. I posed it before to you. For those of you who heard this question, no need for your response. But what came first, forgiveness or repentance? You knew that? You heard me say that? You missed the instruction. (laughs) For those who heard it, don't say nothing. Forgiveness comes before repentance. He forgave this woman. (laughs) Thank you. You're forgiven. He said it loud and strong too, boy. I know it. Forgiveness. Oh, I love Mike. I'm going to take a drink on that one. Cheers. <laughs> Amen. Amen. So he forgave her before he asked her to repent of her sins. Neither do I condemn thee. Go and sin no more. Don't do what you were doing anymore. Can I tell you something? Don't let what you hear from others shake you. Let what God said shape you. Don't let what others have said shake you. But let what God said shape you. What they said about her, she was an adulterous woman. That could have shook her to her core. But in other words, she allowed what God had said to her shape her. And what he said was, then don't go away with condemnation, but walk away from this place and sin no more. In other words, I'm shaping you, remolding you, and refashioning you. I'm cleaning up your mess. Don't mess it up again. Did you catch that? I'm cleaning you up, cleaning your mess up, but don't mess it up again. Sin no more. Your room clean, don't go mess it up again. Parents, you know what I'm talking about? You had that one spring cleaning where you clean up the house and kids running around. Don't listen. We just cleaned up. Don't mess up. And sat down somewhere. So don't let what you hear from others shake you. But let what God said to you shape you. What does God Jesus do with messy people? Number one, he searches their hearts. 
He searches their hearts, looks for the motives and the intents of the heart. Secondly, he loves them. God loves messy people. He loves them to the point to where we get, he forgives them. So the mess you have made of your life, God loves you. He search your heart. He loves you and then he forgives you. The important part to know is because, watch, you were forgiven before you ever needed forgiveness. That's how much God loves you. He had the purpose in his heart to forgive you before you needed forgiveness so that he can offer up forgiveness when it was necessary. Because it's hard to give something you don't have. That's why you got That's why he said, pray for your enemy, because you don't know when you go encounter your enemy. So if I can pray for you as my enemy, then when I have to encounter you, I've already prayed for you. So my heart is already fixed when I see you. Hallelujah. You know, some people that just, you know. <laughs> you know, some people you just want to lay hands on and not holy hands. Amen. He said, pray for them. Why? Because when you encounter them in your flesh, is no good thing. So if you hadn't prayed for them, then you're going to want to pray on them. Yeah. So that's that's why God had to forgive us before we needed forgiveness. So when he, he encountered sin, he can say, all right, I already forgave you. Whew. Thank you, Jesus. I already, I already paid the price. My son was slain before the foundations of the earth was laid. So I have forgiven you already before you need forgiveness. So when it's needed, it's already there. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. So he's trying to mold and fashion us to be like him. That we'll forgive before forgiveness is even needed. That's why he's trying to fashion us and mold us in his likeness and in his image so that we can have the heart of God so that we can present his heart when it's needed. But you can't give it if you ain't got it. Hallelujah. So this is how Jesus deals with messy people. Isaiah chapter number one says, come now, let us settle the matter, says the Lord. Though your sins are like scarlet and shall be as white as snow, though you were, they are red as crimson, they shall be like wool. So Jesus deals with mess. What did he does with meth? mess. I told you on Sunday, <clears throat> excuse me, he covers it, he washes it, and he dies for it. That's what he does with mess. He covers it, he washes it, and he dies for it. So, this woman who was caught in the act of adultery, Again, some theologians are trying to identify this unknown woman. Some say it was Mary Magdalene, Mary of Bethany. And some just say she was a sinful woman. Many theologians subscribe to the fact that she is Mary Magdalene. That we see in the book of Luke. When Jesus is invited to dinner. And I'm closing with this thought. Because this woman who had a messy life, is about to embark upon and encounter some messy folk. And in verse number 36 of the Gospel, Luke chapter number 7, says one of the Pharisees invited Jesus to have dinner with him. He went to the Pharisee's house and he reclined at the table. A woman in that town who lived a sinful life learned that Jesus was eating at the Pharisee's house. So she came. Somebody shout, she came. Now here it is, a sinful woman wrecks the party. But she couldn't be so sinful that they did 
not kick her out. If she was so sinful, how did she even make it to the table? I just want to provoke some thoughts for a second. If she was so sinful, how was she able to get to the Pharisee's table unless she was acquainted with the Pharisee? I just want to provoke you to thought because, you know, if you knew there was an unruly person at your house that you were unfamiliar with, would you allow them to remain? Or would you put them out? Huh? (laughs) I mean, think about it. Say, you having this prestigious dinner, the honored guests, and this person, unruly, uncouth person, I know, our heart. Amen. Tina over there like, I don't know. I probably don't stay in. <laughs> yeah. Tina like, sit at the head of the table. <laughs> she was struggling with that one. She's like, Ooh, I don't know what I'll do. But here it is. This woman makes it to the table. So she had to have some acquaintance with the owner of the house. She had to be familiar enough to not only make it into the house, but to even know where they're dining at in the house. (laughs) Oh, God. A sinful woman in town who lived a sinful life learned that Jesus was eating at the Pharisee's house. So she came with an alabaster jar of perfume as she stood behind him at his feet weeping. She began to wet his feet with her tears. Then she wiped them with her hair. She kissed them and poured perfume on them. Then the Pharisees who had invited him saw this. He said to himself, if this man were a prophet. Now, Jesus never claimed to be a prophet. Remember, don't let what others say about you shake you. Only let what God says shape you. If this man were a prophet, he would know who is touching him. And what kind of woman she is, that she is a sinner. Somebody shout, he's messy. Now, why are you worried about this woman? And why are you worried about who touching Jesus? Are you jealous because she ain't touching you? Do you desire to be touched? But she chose him and not you? Jesus answered him, Simon, I have something to tell you. (laughs) Tell me, teacher, he said, two people owed money to a certain moneylender. One owed him 500 denarii and the other 50. Neither of them had money to pay him back, so he forgave the debts of both. Which of these, which of them will love him more? Simon replied, I suppose the one who had the bigger debt forgiven. You have judged correctly, Jesus said. Then he turned toward the woman and said to Simon, do you see this woman? I came into your house. You did not give me any water for my feet, but she has wet my feet with her tears and wiped them with her hair. You did not give me a kiss, but this woman from the time I entered has not stopped kissing my feet. You did not put all on my head, but she has poured perfume On my feet. Therefore, I tell you, her many sins have been forgiven. Her many mess ups. The many messes that she has made of her life. All of her hang ups. All of her unruliness. Everything she has done. Every sin she has committed. Is forgiven. As great. Love has been shown. You know, as much as you have done, God loves you more than what has been done. 
you got to catch that because that's Satan will tell you you've done too much to for you to earn or to to have God's love. You, you're not worthy of God's love, but as much as you've done, God loves as much as you have done. So if you think you've done much, God loves much more than that much. Yes, his love exceeds every measure of your sin. It says her great love has shown, but whoever has been forgiven, little loves. Little. Every great mess requires a great God to deal with the mess. As much as you have made a mess of your life or we have made messes of our lives, we have a God that is massive enough to deal with every mess. Can you say amen to that? Then Jesus said to her, your sins, plural, the multitude of your sins have been covered. Your sins are forgiven. The other guests. The other messy folk, the other people at the table who wish their sins could be forgiven, the other messy folk who were sitting there witnessing this whole ordeal, says the other guests begin to say amongst themselves, who is this who even forgives sins? Who are you to forgive sins, Jesus? Again, reducing him down. Who are you to forgive sins? Jesus said to the woman, your faith has saved you. Now go in peace. Robert Shuler said this grace is God's love in action for those who don't deserve it. Grace is God's love in action for folk who have created such a mess of their lives. This woman was caught in the act. I believe it's the same woman who is now worshiping at Jesus' feet. This, this woman who made a big mess of her life now falls at the one who cleaned up her mess at his feet. You see, when, when God comes in and cleans up your life, the mess that you made, he don't expect you to turn away from him. He expects you to draw to him. Oh, I know, you know, a lot of people who God has come in and done a great work in their lives. And now the work. I don't want to say it's complete because we'll be in perfection when the coming of the Lord. He has started a good work, but it won't be complete. But they have reached a level of completion of perfection. And they turn from God. God came in their life, cleaned them up, set them on their feet. They're standing now like this woman. She's able to stand with her head held high to walk into the house. But even in that, she falls at humble enough to fall at the feet of Jesus. So many people have been cleaned up, but have turned away from God. Oh, it is my prayer that none of us get to that place. It's my prayer that once the mess is cleaned up, that we're no longer messy. That we don't roll around in our mess and we don't we don't lie in our mess and we. We don't become so messy that we make a mess of other people's lives. That, that we don't take our mess and let it spill over into another person's life and now their lives are wreck because of our mess. Now we all some messy folk, but we don't have to stay in the mess that we're in. Jesus said, I've come to set the captive free. I come to set you free from the incarceration of your messiness. (laughs) 
I've come to open the cage of the condemnation of your mess so you could be set free. Galatians talk about how now that we're free, don't use those freedoms to be entangled again in sin. That now we have been set free. We don't use that freedom to get us ensnared. Thank you, Jada. Entanglement. To get caught up again. In entanglements. Entrapments. And now we have been cleansed. Amen. People try to think, who's Jada? (laughs) Jada Smith. I'm hearing y'all thoughts. I'm sorry. Some of y'all was like, did he say Jada, not Jesus? (laughs) Amen. Don't don't get entangled yet again. Don't get caught up in entanglements. Now, Jesus wants us to bring our mess to him so he can clean it up. But let's not continue creating mess. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Let's not continue provoking his grace to be applied. Just because you can don't mean you should. Just because you can ask forgiveness don't mean you got to make a mess that you have to ask for forgiveness. He knows my heart. He going to forgive me anyhow. So I can go and do what I want to do because I know that his grace and his mercy can do it forever. Hallelujah. Father, we thank you for your mercy and your grace. And Father, we desire not to frustrate the grace of God upon our lives by the decisions that we make. And by the actions we take. Father, we thank you knowing, God, in our own depravity, our mess, God, that within ourselves there is no good thing in our flesh. And Father, as the temple of the Holy Spirit, God, clean us up so that you will have a place to reside in. That you will have a place to take up a bold, a residency in our lives. Father, you have stooped down in our mess so that it can be cleaned up, so that we may be cleansed. So, Father, we thank you on tonight that in this cleansing, there's a purging. of Everything that is not of you, everything that doesn't belong to you, we ask that you remove it now. Strip us. Strike it away, God. Uproot it, upplant it, unplant it. Burn it away, Father. And Father, now we give you what's due unto you. You deserve the glory for the cleansing of our souls. It's none of our own doing, God. It's by your spirit, God. It's by your spirit, God, that we have been renewed and redeemed. It's by your spirit, God, we have been remolded and refashioned. It's by your spirit, God, that we are who we are in you. Strip away the pride. Pull down the ego. Let the only self-centeredness be Christ-centeredness. Father, we thank you. You have stooped down in our mess. So that we can be cleansed. On tonight. Satan has been holding condemnation over your head. You made a mess of your life. You're standing in mess now. There's no judgment nor condemnation 
for those who are in Christ Jesus. If you're here on this evening and you find yourself in a messy situation, an entanglement, tonight is a night of freedom. For Jesus came to, that you may be cleansed. That's you on tonight. He's calling you out of your mess. If you would, just slip your hand in the air. Just say, it's me. I see you, sir. I see you, sir. I believe there's others tonight that say, I'm, I've been caught up in a, in a messy situation. I see you. I believe there's others tonight that will say, tonight is the night I'm getting cleansed. There's a detox taking place. There's a purging happening right now. That's you tonight. I see you. Are there any others tonight? We we'll say tonight is the night. I'm getting cleansed. I'm getting washed. I'm getting purged. I'm in the fire tonight. Getting purified. Sanctified. Because he's covering me. Any others? Any others? Thank you, Father. God, we give you glory. God, we give you praise. What he does with sinners is, uh, messy folk, is he first searches their hearts. He search, he's searching your heart right now. And when he finds that thing, he's going to touch it. And when you feel that touch, he's talking to you. He's tugging on you. And if that's you on tonight, if you feel that, that urge, that push, that, that nudge, that touch, then you know that's his love reaching out to you. That's you again. I make my last appeal. Just slip your hand in there. Any others tonight, along with the ones who have already determined tonight will be their cleansing. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. In Jesus' name, all standing to your feet. we'll all make this declaration together. Would everyone in concert say, Heavenly Father, I thank you tonight that the mess I have made of my life you have died for. Your blood cleanses. Your blood redeems. Your blood renews. Your blood restores. Your blood reconciles back to the Father and tonight my mess has been cleansed by your precious blood and my sins have been forgiven in Jesus name can we say amen can we give the Lord a hand clap of praise hallelujah Thank you, Jesus. For those of you online, if you would hashtag cleansed in the box below, if you're on Facebook, if you made a decision that you're turning your life over to God, your mess over to him, just hashtag cleansed. Or if you're standing in need of prayer, you can simply dial the number 225-503-0706 is the number. Or you can leave us a prayer request at prayer at elevatechurchbr.com. If you don't have a church home and you felt God drawing you to Elevate Church to connect with us on tonight, you can simply text the word JOIN to 225-361-2016. Amen. If you're in the sanctuary and you have not yet made a connection and you felt God nudging your heart tonight and you would like to do so, if you would, just slip your hand in the air as we recognize you. Amen. Jesus name thank you father amen amen well bless the Lord amen it's that time amen we get to worship God through our giving on this evening amen let's get excited amen that we have an opportunity to worship God through our giving on this evening hallelujah if you don't have an offering envelope please lift your hand we want to give everyone an opportunity to express their love to God for all that he has done in their lives by your giving on this evening here at Elevate Church. We live generous, so we give generous. 
Amen. For those of you online and even in the sanctuary, if you would like to give electronically, you can do so by texting any amount to 84321-84321. We've also established a cash app. For those of you who would like to use that option, you can send your offering, your gift, amen, to dollar sign elevate BR. And then for those of you who have downloaded our church app, you can give through our church app by clicking on the gift tab once you're inside of it. And then for our traditional people who would like to give via check or money order, you can make it payable to Elevate Church and drop it in the mail at 10957 Baton Rouge, Louisiana, 70814. And then I would ask, too, that you be prayerful about considering being a monthly partner with us here at Elevate Church as well. Amen? If all having an envelope in their hand and prepared to give on tonight, would you hold that? I need an envelope too. Amen. Hold that seed. Amen. In the air. Hallelujah. For those of you giving electronically, we ask that you still fill out an envelope. It makes it easier in the accounting. Amen. Department to account for your gift on tonight. Amen. One of my favorite ways to give is through the church app. Hallelujah. As you're preparing yourself to give on tonight, I'm going to sow my seed. Hallelujah. 84321 is the number to give electronically or even through cash app. Hallelujah. Amen. Glory to God. Amen. Praise the Lord. I'm going to make me fill all this stuff out. Praise God. Amen. There we go. Amen. Hold your offering in the air on tonight. And let's make our declaration over our seed on tonight. Would you say, God is the source of my increase? All that I have and shall receive comes from him. My giving is a reflection of my trust in God. So today I give with a grateful and cheerful heart in Jesus' name. Can you say amen? amen? Amen and amen. God bless you. If you would, turn facing the wall, my right and your left, and my left, your right, and starting from the rear, bring forth your offering in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen.